All right, welcome to another Ember Weekend. I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And we are Ember Weekend. We're going to talk about some newsy stuff. And I'm kind of excited about that. Got some cool stuff, some stuff from Ember Map, some RFCs that are in the works, and some more stuff. So, yeah, I think we should probably just dive in. Question mark? Do I always say that? I do always say that, don't you, I? You do, but first, we have some words from our sponsors. Oh, that's true. Words from our sponsors. Here you go. Hello, I'm Corey. And I'm Matt. Matt and I started our consulting company, 201 Created, five years ago. We've been passionate about Ember and its community since we started and are proud to be able to sponsor Ember Weekend. Our clients have included Fortune 50 companies and Y Combinator startups. If your team needs Ember training or advice or wants to learn how to make open source work for you, visit us at www.201-created.com or follow us on Twitter at 201 T-W-O underscore O-H underscore O-N-E. Thanks for listening and enjoy the podcast. We have corners on Ember Weekend. We have like correction corner and RFC corner. And apparently Chase just notified me that we have not done an RFC corner in an exceptionally long time. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't even remember the last one. I mean, there's definitely RFCs that have been happening, but most of them have just been like, I don't know, very high level or they got they got knocked down once the glimmer stuff happened. But this one, this one seems like it's pretty close to being, you know, kind of accepted there, right? Yes, yeah, so I'm not 100% certain. So uh, what we're talking about, the RFC we're going to be mentioning and kind of talking about for the next little bit is the Named Blocks RFC. And I believe maybe a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago, it went into its final comment period, which is only supposed to last a week, but then I didn't see it get merged in. So I don't know if it's it was extended, that comment period was extended for another week or not. But we wanted to talk about it because it's kind of neat. It's also something that we've mentioned in past episodes is something we wanted to do. And I know that a lot of add-ons, I think we're probably going to mention one by Lighthouse. What was it called, Chase? Oh, light table. Light table, light table. Basically, there are ways to work around it with contextual components that kind of feel like named block-ish, but they end up having a little bit more overhead and you have to do some things that are kind of like not good to do. Like sometimes you have to make components tagless to get your markup looking right. So anyways, yeah, the named block component, the high-level overview is that you're allowed to specify what are, are ostensibly multiple yield statements. They're not exactly the same as yield because you don't use the yield keyword. And instead you invoke them by name in the body of your components template. And then when you want go to inv- invoke them, you'd use the at sign at the front of your named block. So in the case of almost all of these examples, we're going to be talking about a component that has a header, a body, and a footer. And in invocation time, you would say, you know, X foo, whatever my component is, and then inside of that, uh, at invocation time, and that's a block, so it has a pound sign. Inside of that, you would say at header, and then put your content, and you can actually yield things. So you could say at header as head, and things like that. So as we were going through, we had a few questions, and I think that that's kind of the whole point of the final comment period, when you start kind of really getting down to the nitty-gritty Invoking one, so like I wonder, like we still have some open questions around the ability to invoke another named block from within a named block. So could I render the footer named block inside of the header named block invocation? I, I suspect no, but I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm a little hazy on it. Yeah, but the, the reason why that seems to me like a question you want to know is, do I have to define all of my named blocks at the top level? Because like something like Lighttable when you get this body named component, it yields a body that has multiple other things. Like there's one called expanded row. There's various like loading ones or something like that. There's other components that are specific to body that you can't render anywhere else. But in this case, 
do you get the ability to have those that nested set of components defined, or do you have to define them all at the top level? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of things that uh, need to be discussed. The RFC does a fantastic job of outlining all of these different cases, but I think I still have some questions, which, once again, is why the final comment period exists. Also, some questions around invocation, like can named blocks contain dashes? I, I think that uh, we don't think so. Yeah, and, and the reasoning for that is that at the bottom of the, the example in that in the RFC, there's like a big block that says, here's a you know a, a rather large example, and all of them are invoked as camel case, not not with dashes. So it makes it seem like, but there's nowhere in the doc that actually says that that's it has to be like that. Yeah, but I, I just I, I feel like it would have to because they have to be able to distinguish between the name block definition and a component invocation. Right. So if if it's a it, there there's already a hard rule for dashes. So you know if you want to have something as a named block that is multiple words, you have to camel case it. Otherwise, it there's an ambiguity whether or not this is a component that you don't have defined or you know. Because they couldn't rely on that either. They couldn't say, oh, well, if you have a component defined, then it will use it. And if you don't, then it will use the named block because like, you could already have something that's named that, but then inside of your component, you want to use the same the same thing. There could be like collisions there, which seemed pretty bad. So I don't know. This is something that like, we've, we've talked about this on and off many times. <laughs> this is actually funny. The top of this RFC mentions an entire bulleted list of like seven items or eight items or something like that of other RFCs that have attempted to tackle the same problem. So I think this is hotly contested and it's obviously a point of interest and people want to make sure that it it will work long term. So that's why it's been such a push. And core team worked really effortfully to kind of discuss different invocation patterns. I don't know. I think it's pretty neat. It's definitely worth like looking, investigating and actually throwing your two cents in to, you know, see whether or not this will work for your solutions. Yeah, and it also seems like this is designed to be across the boundary between Ember and Glimmer components. So regardless of whether you're interested in the Ember side or the, the, the Glimmer side, this might affect you. And you might have different needs depending on what, what side you're on. So yeah, definitely go check it out and you know comment on it if you if you have any questions. Like there's a there's a pretty big thread already, but like we said, it's still kind of open for discussion right now. Yeah, we, we think it's open for discussion. Although, at the time of recording, I'm unsure if it's been merged or finished yet. So, <laughs> Yeah, there's no, merge, there's no merge listed right now. And the last bit was still people asking questions. And there's still a checklist at the top of like things that need to be discussed like in the main body. So I'm assuming that means it's, there's still to-do stuff. So. Yeah, so I think this is a really good time to you know dive in, take a look. And if you want to discuss this with us, you can join us on our Slack channel, uh, Topic Ember Weekend, on the Ember JS community Slack. All right, and the next thing we're going to talk about is Embermap has a new set of videos up on D3. It's a really good set of videos. I think total, it's probably something like maybe 45 minutes of content. But it's awesome because they have a you know speed player there, so you can listen to it to speed, and the audio quality is great. So you know able to be played at high speed, and you can still understand everything that's going on. I had a really you know, like good experience like watching this because with me, D3 has always been like kind of this copy paste issue where. I don't really understand most of what's going on. I just like use it and I kind of have to fiddle with it until it works and I have to look at a hundred examples. But Sam went through like kind of like the very basics, like explaining each piece and why it's there. And I think I have a much better understanding of like how scales work, how the event system works, how the data binding works, which is like kind of the, probably the, the thing that, that got me the most. Like, why is it that I'm selecting all rect and then somehow magically I have, you know, all of my data bound to all these rectangles inside of an SVG. It goes through really kind of like small steps and it builds up to something much bigger where he starts using Ember modal dialogue with Ember tether. He's using Ember component CSS and, 
you know, showing how events work and dealing with the events in D3 rather than in Ember and explaining why that's the case. So it's definitely a really good set of videos to watch. Yeah, yeah. I watched a few of these and I think like like all of the Ember Map videos, the quality here is superb and the way that the explanations are handled, they end up like giving you that conceptual model. I always mention that when I talk about Ember Map stuff because that's really the key. And I also like that at the very beginning, at the onset of this, he mentions that a lot of times it's not necessary for you to create your own graphing solution with D3. And it really, you do have to make that decision up front and think, hey, what are the good situations for me to write my own custom D3 and make the D3 graphs a first-class citizen? Is this something that it's kind of, we don't necessarily uh, care about this outside of, you know, this, this small feature thing. Maybe it'll change, maybe it won't change. But like making those evaluations up front kind of dictate whether or not D3 is a good choice for you. And I think that's a thing that, A, a lot of people don't do when choosing libraries in general. And I think especially in graphing situations, because I, I like I've been guilty of this as well, where I just say, hey, I just need this graph, this bar graph, like eh, whatever. OK, this is a cool one. And I'll just grab the nearest jQuery flavor of the month charting library, throw it in, make it look pretty, be done. That's not great. It's much better to be like, OK, well, what what do we want long term? Do we care about this evolving? Is this a big portion of our feature set? And, and if it is, then yeah, maybe it does make sense to write your own D3 thing. So I think that was a really cool, I think this is like the introductory thing. I actually watched more than just the introduction. I know Chase is like, <laughs> hey, what are you doing? But yeah, I, that's that's one of the things. And the examples are really cool. The scaling, all of the, the different pieces of D3 are brought together in a very understandable way too. So yeah, I can't recommend this enough. I think there are still more D3 videos coming for the Ember Map series. So I think the next one is what, uh, Hoisting State? Is that right? Yep. Uh, the, some data down actions up stuff. Right now, it's a very self-contained component. You like pass in data and that's it. It doesn't, you know, bubble any actions up or anything. So there's more to come. It's all about like, because he was talking about, you know, specifically with the event handlers, rendering is a little different. And then obviously like how state is managed is different. You end up having to call functions manually at like did insert element time kind of stuff. And like anytime an event happens. And it's more about like how to kind of integrate it with the rest of your Ember app, when now you need other things to happen. I think where he's going with this is when you click to highlight one of the columns, one of the bars, it filters the table below. It highlights it and says, here's those things that match that column. And and basically, how do you bridge that gap between now this this one component and another component that's like pure Ember? It's definitely a good set of videos to watch, so you know, go check it out. I don't know uh, when how long it's going to be free for, but generally when they put these up, they're free for a little while. So definitely check them out as quick as you can. Yeah, yeah. I would I would definitely subscribe to their Twitter at Embermap because if you do that, and I think it's all one word as well. If you do that, then when they drop the the series, you'll be able to watch the entire series that day, which uh, is pretty cool. It's a really cool model. I like it um, quite a bit, uh, despite the fact that I have a membership. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, definitely. All right, so the next thing we're going to talk about is a thing called Ember Cares. It's by Robert Wagner and Leah Silber. Basically, the idea is that a lot of the like dev swag merch that you see at Ember Confs and things like that, they're actually like funded or sponsored or whatever. But but this one, there's a, a couple of stickers, I want to say, all around the No Shave November movement, where basically to support cancer research, you kind of like, you know, do these like charity things and don't shave your mustache. It's a, it's a really fun thing. And I think that in this case, there's like some t-shirts and some stickers that most of the profit from those go to cancer uh, research. So, uh, and I think, uh, Chase, you mentioned a rule about this. Oh, yeah. No Shave November. So with me, like, I've, I've seen a bunch of these happen. I've, I've done the whole thing where, you know, 
I don't shave, which is terrible for somebody who who regularly shaves to all of a sudden have that that itchy you know beard stage you know that I ever seem to be able to get past. It's it's definitely like a pain for me. But I think that the intention of No Shave November is to really just invert your beard status. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. if you don't have a beard, you grow a beard. But to me, it seems like if you already have a beard, it should be like Shave November. Like, you don't just grow more beard, you know? Yeah. No, it checks out. Although I think this is just you trying to get me to shave my beard, which uh, doesn't seem like a wise decision for anybody. (laughs) Yeah, I've only seen like one picture of you with a shaved shaved (laughs) face. And and it would take like 10 years off you. I'm serious. Like you you look like a little little baby face. That's not a great thing. uh, (laughs) But yeah, anyways. um, Yeah. But this is some really cool stuff. It's really cool work. You should check out the website. Yeah. And we wanted to mention that the site development is sponsored by ShipShape. Operations are all by Tildy. And the fulfillment is by DevSwag. So all the stickers and everything, that's the kind of stuff DevSwag does. So t-shirts, stickers, temporary tattoos, and things like that. So yeah, go check out the site and, you know, buy something. And make sure yeah, make sure you definitely. grow that beard or shave it. Yeah, or shave it. All right, and the final thing that we're going to mention this week is that there is a, a European conference called Emberfest that's going to happen October 12th through 13th. It's called Emberfest. I believe that it's in Berlin this year. Which is super cool. And so first off, this sounds like an amazing conference. I think that a number of the 201 crew went there last year. We're super excited to see that it was going to be continued. So I've been hearing about this for a little while as like, you know, that like excitement kind of starts to to permeate. So it is really cool. And I believe that the CFP is still open until the end of August. So if you're interested in participating or giving a talk, you can still do so until then. Yeah, I, I really feel like uh, I missed the last one. I think was in Budapest, and you know, Berlin seems like an amazing place to to visit. I got a lot of friends there, so it'd be great for me to be the make be the one that makes the the long trek up there. Yeah, definitely want to check it out. Can't wait to see who who gets announced as speakers. We'll definitely mention that when it happens. Absolutely. So yeah, so check this out. You can check out their website at emberfest.eu, and you can get some more details about the conference and get your tickets too. All right. Thanks for listening all the way through to the end. You get another 100 points. And uh, yeah, I'm Jonathan Jackson. And I'm Chase McCarthy. And if you'd like to follow along with more Ember Weekend stuff, you can follow us at our RSS feed at emberweekend.com slash feed.xml. Or you can find us on Twitter at emberweekend, all one word. As always, this show has been edited by Joel North, and we will be back next week. We'll see you then.